there can be nut cases on the left there can be nut cases on the right or more specifically more precisely there will be nut cases on the far left and far right today we are talking about a nut case of the far right in the country called sweden country of just about a crore of people seen to be among the most politically correct countries in the world a great socialist success as it seemed to be very welcoming of immigrants and refugees rasmus Paludan is a politician of the far right there his party is called hardline so you know what to expect from him what he did last saturday afternoon in stockholm was that he went that he went in front of the turkish embassy in stockholm and burnt a copy of the holy quran now it's one thing it's bad enough to do this but what made it worse for many muslim countries particularly those in turkey where now big protests have broken out is the fact that he had got police permission for it and he was protected by the police in fact when you see videos and pictures of his setting that copy of the holy book to fire you can see that there are policemen around him so he's got police protection and that is what has incensed a lot of people lot of muslims around the world in the islamic world many countries have condemned it including all of the oic gulf cooperation council saudi arabia uae morocco indonesia etc 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 every muslim country has condemned it there has also been a tit for reaction of sorts so big crowds have gathered in turkey in istanbul in ankara and there the swedish flag is being burnt in front of the swedish missions behind this however also lies some high politics in at least in terms of the consequences of this that i will explain to you in a minute now what has also happened right now is that Ankara cancelled Swedish defence minister's visit to Turkey who was coming into Turkey mainly to plead Sweden's case for NATO admission Turkey as we know is one of the countries that is blocking Sweden's admission to NATO after the Russian invasion of Ukraine Sweden is among the countries Sweden Finland who want to join NATO but the law in NATO is that all NATO members have to say yes for something to happen so Turkey is holding out and Swedish defence minister was coming to persuade turkey with turkey persuasion always works it takes a lot of time there is always a price for it in fact we had earlier done an episode of katta clutter where we spoke about this how turkey and croatia was blocking blocking these entries and turkey at that point for as one of the conditions had also listed the repatriation of some of the kurdish rebels who had sought refuge in these scandinavian countries because turkey considers them terrorists and these scandinavian countries particularly sweden have given them asylum so turkey turkey wanted those turned over in exchange of withdrawing its block on swedish membership of nato now it's got more complicated turkey also summoned sweden's ambassador to pull him up to upbraid him now immediately there was reaction from swedish government swedish government condemned it swedish prime minister ulf kristersson remember sweden recently acquired or elected a right of center government so he's the prime minister of that government he said and i quote from him freedom of expression is a fundamental part of democracy but what is legal is not necessarily appropriate burning books that are holy to many is it's a deeply disrespectful act and then he expressed sympathies to muslims who have been upset this was a very apologetic note but at this point i don't think it made anybody less angry because anger is really 
spreading. Now, this guy, Rasmus Paludan, is a usual suspect because he had done something similar last year. He had taken like a tour of Sweden, burning the holy book, and that had caused riots in Sweden, where these things rarely happen. He's also been jailed for racial abuse. That's why when we describe him as a nutcase, we are not exaggerating. And he's unrepentant. Rasmus Paludan is unrepentant. Rasmus Paludan says, quoted within quote marks, if you don't think there should be freedom of expression, you have, you have to live somewhere else. Now, Carl Bildt, the former ambassador of Sweden, who's also a global statesman, he said, look, they will be extremists and loonies and they will do their things. You don't let them hijack your policy. That's obviously a word of advice to the Turkish government because this NATO membership is very important for Sweden. It cannot happen unless Turkey lifts its block. So Carl Bildt says these loonies and extremists should not be given importance. If the authorities in Ankara are truly interested in coming to an agreement. Now, as if this mess is not enough, around the same time, pro-Kurdish protests have also broken out in Sweden. And pro-Kurdish groups then don't want Sweden. That doesn't matter if you can't join NATO, but don't make concessions to Erdogan and Turkey. What this has done is, this has made Erdogan a lot more powerful because people, his support base, which is a populist Islamist support base, they will see as somebody who's standing up to this, who's standing up for Islam while the other Islamic states are not. They might be issuing statements, but in this case, they will see Erdogan as somebody who has blocked Sweden's admission to NATO, which is something that Sweden truly wants. And that's how Erdogan will again score populist points, never mind the inflation, which might be getting into three figures in this case. Now, Erdogan and Turkish government and his supporters are also upset because these Kurdish protesters in Sweden, who've been obviously attacking Erdogan, they've been also displaying effigies of Erdogan, particularly in effigy, and that video is available on Al Jazeera. I'm only using a screenshot on your screens, but you can see the video. I'm sharing a link with you on Al Jazeera. That is an effigy of Erdogan hanging by his legs and swaying like this. And that is not something that makes Erdogan or his supporters happy at all. So they are furious and in the process, Sweden's in trouble. Now Sweden, we've spoken about this earlier also, that many countries in Europe, including Sweden, the biggest surprise is Sweden. The rise of Giorgia Meloni in Italy was not such a big surprise. It was a surprise. Although, mind you, uh, it's a digression, but since she came to power, she's not, sound, she's not acted like the loony that she sounded like when she was campaigning or she was not in power. Ever since she's been in power, she's been quite conformist to the overall European policy. But Sweden, Sweden is a country that was open, for, open to refugees open to people coming in from all over. Sweden saw itself as a model country. But you know, Sweden is a small country. Small, rich, socialist, very high-tax economy, very high-tax welfare state, very high-tax, very efficient, very fair welfare state. And what happened was, it started admitting too many refugees. It never realized it, but it started admitting too many refugees. At this point, foreign-born people in Sweden, most of whom are refugees and most of whom are from Islamic countries in Africa, a little bit in Asia, but mostly in Africa, those, that population, those people now constitute 
20% of Sweden. And that's where the Swedes are being, beginning to hurt. Because Swedes were always a single ethnicity, very, very monoethnic, monolinguistic, monocultural kind of society. And now they've got this diversity, and this is 20% of the population is foreign born. So I see an article in Foreign Policy magazine that tells me that the US shut the doors to free immigration in 1924 when the percentage of foreign-borns in American population went up to 15%. It, it is now 20% in Sweden, and that is causing all kinds of problems. So, so this article by James Straub, who is a columnist for foreign policy, he also teaches at New York University's Center for International Cooperation. This article is of November 2021, and that is the best background. That gives us the best understanding of what's really happening in Sweden. So I'm sharing a link with you of this article. So the James Straub is the same author who in 2016 had written an article, The Death of the Most Generous Nation on the Earth. Obviously, obviously he was referring to Sweden. And he says in this latest foreign policy article of his on Sweden, he says that when that article was written, I had said that this headline wasn't of my choosing. But then he concludes that maybe that headline wasn't that wrong. So it's not as if Sweden has died, but Sweden has had to change very, very, very heavily. In fact, the change in Sweden, he says, in some ways is greater than in many other European countries. Now, what exactly is happening in Sweden? What's happening in Sweden is that both the left and the right have now become very wary of immigration. This was a country very open to immigration. There was a time that when in one year, that is 2015, they admitted 1.63 lakh refugees, mostly from Syria, Iraq, and Afghanistan. So Muslim refugees, Syria, Afghanistan, and Iraq. You might say 1.63 lakhs, big deal. In India, so many people, refugees may come in at any point of time. That is not the point. The point is, what is the base of your population? 1.63 lakh people in Sweden is 1.63% of Sweden's population. And we mentioned to you that Sweden has now 20% of its population as foreign-born. The important thing is they might have stopped immigration now, but every year now there are families which have to be reunited. So family members come in, some other labor comes in. So every year another 100,000 foreign bonds are coming into Sweden. That means Sweden is adding the equivalent of 1% of its population. It's only 1 crore population. 1% equivalent of 1% of its population of foreign bonds every year. And that is causing complications as you would expect. Now, it was in this state that a socialist government, and this was, this was a socialist government which has gone out now. So the socialist government's finance minister, Magdalena Anderson, speaking at par in parliament in November 2021, and that's quoted in James Straub's article. She had said she hailed her welfare state, that Sweden is the ultimate welfare state. She also attacked neoliberalism, and she also attacked Wall Street bankers who walk around grinning and saying that Sweden had done better than all of them. She also mentioned that Sweden had accepted 2 million refugees and migrants. And then she said something which surprised the world, which may have shocked her socialist supporters or her socialist supporters or supporters of socialist liberalism and other parts of Europe, but it did, not, it did not shock her own party people, nor the opposition, which at that point was the Swedish right. And she said, and I'm quoting from her, quote, if you are young, you must obtain a high school diploma, go on to get a job or get higher education. This is the Swedish 
finance minister talking, you can imagine who she's addressing. Then she says, if you receive financial aid from the state, then, quote, you must learn Swedish or work a certain number of hours in a week. Right? Very important. And then she again says, and I quote again, quote marks, here in Sweden, both men and women work and contribute to welfare. Swedish gender equality applies to all, no matter what fathers, mothers, spouses, or brothers think and feel. And this is a turnaround that came from the finance minister at that, at that point, seemed to be the likely successor for prime ministership. When her own then prime minister and also European statesman, Stefan Laufen, had said, and I quote again, my Europe takes in refugees, my Europe does not build walls. Now all that's beginning to change and all that's beginning to change because, because migration has had many other consequences. This migration has happened too fast, it's coming too fast over a small population base. So see some of the things that have happened in Sweden. First of all, in the past 20 years, Sweden's crime rates have gone up from among the lowest in Europe to among the highest in Europe. Crime rates in Sweden, in fact, we in, in one of the CTCs, I'm sharing these links with you, with the description, we had mentioned how Sweden was now averaging two bomb blasts a night. That was, that was an article from digital publication called Common Sense. So in 20 years, Sweden's crime rates from being among the lowest in Europe have gone among the highest in Europe. They are worse than Italy and Eastern Europe. Sweden's National Council for Crime Prevention. Again, I'm, I'm quoting these from James Straub's article. Swedish National Council for Crime Prevention has reported, it's their data, that increase in gun homicides in Sweden is closely linked to criminal milieu in socially disadvantaged areas, which are mostly refugee and immigrant areas. Many of these, many of these families also happen to be Somalian, Eritrean, Morocco, and they are, they are running these triads or these gangs of, gangs of criminals. Now responding to this, even the previous socialist government of Sweden said that they were, they were appointing 7,000 more cops. Remember the size of the population is only 1 crore. 7,000 more cops, they were opening more prisons. They also had passed 30 new laws to act against these laws. Now when you get immigrants, you also get diversity among immigrants. So among immigrants in Sweden and the Scandinavian countries have got, in fact all of Europe has got, are also Kurds. And the Kurds don't like Turkish government and they don't like Erdogan. So there's also a quote from a book by a Kurdish author living in Sweden named Tino Sanandaji. And in the book, the book is titled Mass Challenge, colon, the socio-economic impact of migration to a Scandinavian welfare state. He says in the book that 53% of those serving long sentences, long jail sentences in Sweden are foreign born. Remember, only 20% population is foreign born, but 53% of those, those serving long jail sentences are foreign born. 58% of the unemployed are foreign born. 65%, 65% of social welfare expenditure goes to the foreign born. 77% of the child poverty belongs to the communities of the foreign born and 90% and of public shootings, for 90% of public shootings, the foreign born are responsible. So the conclusion James Straub draws is less educated, less secular. And remember, remember the lecture that then Swedish finance minister was giving indirectly to the migrants in our country. 
that is to get educated at least pass high school get a diploma start working or go for higher education and james trop concludes less educated less secular what you're seeing right now for rasmus paludan outrageous as it is is the right wing's reaction to this and that is something that european countries are now having to deal with country after country after country and then as always happens a fire helps light another fire so what this is doing is this is also firing up the right in turkey and many other islamic countries but in this case the most relevant is turkey because turkey sees itself fundamentally as a european country although as an islamic country that is also erdogan's global positioning that's also erdogan's positioning to his own population and his own voters and he needs these emotional triggers so that so that he can persuade his people to keep looking the other way even as prices go up and his economy collapses and inflation goes out of control